Good morning. Buenos días. Buenos días. Did I say it good? Hey, today is the 26th. The year is 2023. It's September the 26th, 2023. Yeah, we are way past officially fall. Yeah, let's get going. We'll sing a song while the rest of you finds us. Praise Jesus. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we are, you know, Megan is going on a cruise. 
okay? But the rest of us are leading worship at the revival at Carthage First Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee. What's the name of the evangelist? What would it be? What's it? Cockrell? Yeah. Matt. 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 Cockrell. And uh, he's with live action, revival or something, missions. And anyway, he's doing a good job preaching. Now, you can check him out. If you can't come out, you can check him out on um, Facebook. Just go to First Baptist Church and they have them recorded. And uh, But it's been... Uh, well, two nights have been good. They, they've been good. He's preached some good stuff. I'm enjoying his preaching. And uh, we're having a good time. Also, I wanted to remind you that this weekend, this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, the King is Coming Wilderness Tabernacle at the fairgrounds in Lebanon, Tennessee. The King is Coming. They're putting up the Wilderness Tabernacle. So if you've never... Uh, if you have never seen a replica of the Wilderness Tabernacle, so you're reading the Bible about all the blueprints God gave to Moses, and they put up this big tent of meeting. And uh, there's the outer court, there's the holy place, there's the holy of holies. There is, there it is. There will be a replica of the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies behind the veil. They'll be doing tours. Church Without Walls, will be do we will be taking our tour at 345 on Sunday. 345. So if you want to go in with us, meet us there in Lebanon at the fairgrounds. Meet us there at 330. Okay? Sunday evening. And we'll go in there together. All right, so praise the Lord for that. I am looking forward to this. This is going to be a very, very good, good thing. Uh, also, uh, we just want to praise God for Senator Posey bringing this in. I, I just, things like this, sometimes putting a visual to what you read in Scripture is just such a blessing to try to get an idea and, and and have some visual that comes with it. But even if you can't come and be with us, it doesn't matter when you go, but it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and I was told to tell everybody, just like I said last week, don't even, if you can't get a ticket, don't worry about it, come on. Nobody's going to be turned away, they told me. Just come out there and see the thing. All right. Uh, that being said, Church Without Walls now is going to start our tabernacle time. And so we're going to finish, Lord willing, we're going to finish chapter 20 today. And then we'll be taking a break from Proverbs and uh, because we got a lot to do to get ready, I mean, to celebrate tabernacles because uh, we've got a lot of people camping together. Uh, there's probably about 60 people camping, right? Something like that, about 12 families. I don't know how many really. we got quite a few camping and we've got a lot of things to prepare and get ready and that's going to take a lot of work. Uh, to get ready for this weekend. And so this will be our last daybreak for a little while, an official daybreak. Now, what I will be trying to do is over the next couple of weeks is, uh, you know, I'll probably come to you from, you know, live from the phone or something. We'll have some little Bible studies at some time. Uh, but we'll just have to see how things are going. So we're in Proverbs chapter 20, and we got to verse 26, and that's where we ended last 
week in our Bible study. And remember, you can always go back and listen to these Bible studies later. Also, some of you guys listen on YouTube. Now, we don't have near as many people that watch and listen on YouTube, uh, but it is always there archived on YouTube. Go to Church Without Walls, CWOW, Church Without Walls, Tennessee, YouTube, and you can find all of these archived uh, right there if you want to listen. Verse 26 said, A wise king sifts out the wicked and brings the threshing wheel over that over them, simply saying, God destroys, or God destroys. Simply saying, a wise king, if he's smart, he's going to get the wicked out of the kingdom. He's going to destroy and get the wicked. If it's known that they are wicked, you got to get them out of the kingdom. I mean, it, it's like, you know, it's like having a disease in part of your body. And uh, if you don't get it out, it's going to spread to the rest of the body, right? That's just common sense. It's not like you don't love or, or wish you could keep a part of the body, but it's infected now and you got to get it out. Well, the, a kingdom is the same way. You got to get the bad, bad apples out of the barrel or it's going to spoil the whole Barrel. Now, Jesus was talking about this. Jesus is a good king. And how we ended last Friday was talking about the parable of the uh, wheat and the tares. Now, the amazing thing is Jesus says the wheat and the tares are going to grow together. Let them grow together until the time of the end, till the harvest. Now, I've got a shirt on that I found in my drawer that I have no idea where it come from. Lisa said that she gave it to me. I found it too. She found it somewhere. It says in game. Somebody left it at our house at some point, apparently. <laughs> in game. In game. Now, the reason I put it on is because, brothers and sisters, I think it's very possible that we are entering into the fourth quarter of this thing uh, called the age that we're living in. Now, if you if you if you want me to send you something that can kind of I send it to you, Bob, and I send it to Diane. Uh, but if you're on Facebook and you've got Messenger and you'd like to send uh, me to send you a, a link uh, to part of a speech that Netanyahu gave at the United Nations and to see the change from five years ago to a couple of days ago is just absolutely amazing as more and more we're entering or, or moving into a time where we can enter into a peace agreement where Israel will be entered into a peace agreement with its neighbors around it. Now, all of this is prophesied, and it's very interesting. Now, there's a brother that kind of talks about that, and he, he brings out little parts of that speech. If you would like me to send you a link to that, just contact me on Messenger, Scott and Lisa. Just contact me on Messenger, and I'll send you a link, okay? And it's pretty cool. But here's the thing. The harvest is the end of the world. And so God is letting both the tares and the wheat grow together till the end. But at the end, here's what Jesus says, and I'm in Matthew 13. He's explaining the parable of the tares and the wheat. And he says, the, he that sows the good seed is the son of man himself. The field is the world. That's what the field is in the parable. It's the world that we live in. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. They're the born-again children of God, sons of the kingdom. The tares, who are the tares? They are the sons of the wicked one. Now, Jesus says, those who reject God reject Messiah, 
It does not matter how kind they are. If they reject the truth of the gospel, the, the Bible says, Jesus says, they're sons of the wicked one. They're children of the rebel, is what he's saying. They have the same heart as the rebel. The enemy that sold them is the devil. There's no question there. I'm in Matthew 13, 39. The harvest, what is the harvest? It is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. There's an age that Jesus is talking about. We entered into what's called the, the last days with the coming of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Entered, we entered into what's called the last days. At the end of this age, the Son of Man, that's Jesus, will send out His angels, that's the reapers, they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend, practice lawlessness, lawlessness, and they will cast them into a furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And it, basically, I just wanted to highlight that again. The end game, the end game. Israel's back in the land. Guys, I'm telling you, prophecy, and, and if you don't think, okay, I'm just going to give you my opinion. Listen to what people say about AI. Listen to listen to people like Elon Musk. Don't listen to them like, oh, they're Christians and they're saying prophecy. I'm not saying that. You listen to what these guys, what Netanyahu and these guys are saying about what AI is going to do for us and how what it's the the age that it's going to shift. We've entered into a different time period. Things are changing fast. Things are changing very fast, and I think we're entering into fourth quarter. That's what I think. All right. Verse 27. And I did not even put that on the board, but you know what that is. So here's verse 27. The spirit of a man, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of a man. There's a mystery here. God breathed the breath of life. And man became a living soul. He breathed this breath that comes. There's a spirit of a man, and the spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord. It's God breathed. And that lamp of the Lord, that image-bearing lamp of the Lord, searches the depth of the heart. That's why we say, listen, even people that don't know God can have a conscience and do good because... They're created in the image of God. They're image bearers. Even people who reject God because they are humans. There is a bearing of the image of God. Now, there's a death means there's a separation because of the rejection and the rebellion. But what actually happens is people begin early in life to grow this callousness over their soul so that they can't feel people know right from wrong people know right from wrong okay and if they don't know right from wrong it's because they've given themselves over they've rejected God and this is what's happening in our age People are rejecting God. They're rejecting truth. They're saying, God, I don't want you. I don't want your righteousness. I don't want your morality. 
And the scripture says God gives them over to a reprobate mind. And now they think evil's okay. But it wasn't originally that way. They had to cross over a barrier in their hearts. And their conscience gets seared like a hot iron. And it becomes numb to the truth. Can't feel anymore. And that's what's happening in our age. All right. But may God grant them repentance. You know, we just came out of Yom Kippur where I've been asking everybody, pray for the veil to be ripped off of Israel. And they will see the truth. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Verse 28. Verse 28. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and by loving kindness, he upholds the throne. Now, there's a lot of things a king has to be. He needs to be wise. He has to have knowledge. He has to use his knowledge wisely. He has to get out of the kingdom, the wicked, and so he can have a righteous, good kingdom. And you think, well, being ruthless might preserve the king. No, that's not actually what preserves a king. A ruthless king is going to get end up being put out and overthrown. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and every good king needs loving kindness. With loving kindness, he upholds the throne. Let me tell you the best king in the universe. His name is Yeshua. Jesus, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's full of mercy. He's full of truth. He's full of loving kindness, and he's full of holiness and righteousness. All rolled into one. Amen? He's a good king. Verse 29. Verse 29 says, The glory of young men is their strength, and they and the splendor of old men is their gray head. The splendor of old men. This is a pretty simple proverb. It's not really hard to understand, but... Uh, and it also... Here's... Splendor, a lot of times you could kind of substitute this for wisdom. You can say the wisdom of old men, right? But, my darling, uh, it doesn't mean an older man can't be strong physically. He can be. And it doesn't mean a younger man can't have some splendor or be wise. But generally speaking, here's what it, as we get older, it's harder to stay strong, you know? It's harder. Uh, it, it, it's harder for me to, to uh, bench the weight that I benched when I was 35 when I'm 55. It'd take a lot more to do it. It's just, and, and so when you're younger, you're just naturally, you're just naturally strong, you know. Young men is, is just naturally strong. Well, it should be natural that an older man has splendor about him and he has some wisdom about him. Because by reason of years of age, he has learned how to make good decisions. And so there's a splendor in him. There's a wisdom he is supposed to have. Yes, where white hairs come from. Okay, I want to know your opinion about something. So, so Lisa and I made a, a live post from the First Baptist Church, right? And so my cousin says, sends me a message and says, Scotty dye your beard to match your hair. And I'm thinking, I asked Lisa, I said, does she think that I dyed my hair? My hair is not dyed. It's just not turning gray. He only has wisdom around his mouth. (laughs) 
my beard is turning gray. So here's my question to my friends. Should I dye my beard to match my hair? Yes or no? <laughs> in the comments. In the comments. Put it in the comments. Should, should, should. I told him I thought he should bleach his hair to match <laughs> his beard. Lisa says, make my hair gray to match my beard. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? It'd take five years off of me if I dyed this brown, right? Yeah, then I would look like a lady. You don't, honey. You look young. Be like a cool. You're beautiful. You look Aww. young. You're awesome. <laughs> okay, verse thirty. Here we go. Verse thirty, and this is what we'll end with today: blows that hurt, cleanse away evil. Woo! As do stripes in the inner depths of the heart. Blows that hurt. Cleanse away evil as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. You know we need our heart cleansed even after we're saved and children of God. We still need discipline, chastening. Now this is a New Testament uh, truth and I want to turn over here uh, right quick. And I want to say that first, whom God loves, he chastens. And we're going to read that in just a second. But I'm going to stop in Malachi. I heard a preacher say something that maybe we've never thought of. Out of the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 1, verse 3, and I know uh, that we all need to hear this. Maybe you've read this. It says, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. And here's the question. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. And we look at it in the Bible, it says, I love Jacob. God says, I love you, Jacob. Esau, I hated. But when we look at Esau's life practically, we don't really see God dealing with Esau. Right? Esau sold his birthright. Esau becomes a great nation. We don't really see God doing anything with Esau. It kind of seems like Esau has a good life. Jacob, on the other hand, continually is going through junk. He's going through rough stuff. Continually. And it says, God says, I love Jacob. And so there's this understanding. There's this thought that God says, I leave Esau alone. Esau is... Out of my picture. Not even think. It's kind of like before the New Testament times, the the ungodliness of the Gentiles, God winked at. You know, he's like, he didn't care. And that's why it was so important when the Apostle Paul starts going to the Gentile nations. He said, now God commands all men everywhere to repent. So the gospel goes out to all nations now. But before, it's like God's dealing with Israel. And any nation that comes to love, anybody that comes to love the God of Israel, God will deal with them and bless them. They become known as righteous Gentiles. But kind of, kind of, God just kind of just leaves the nations to themselves, right? God leaves Esau to himself, but he chastens and deals with Jacob. Now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews. I love the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And let me just start with verse 5. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. Listen to this. You say, I'm a child of God. I am a child of the king. Amen, that's good. 
Now listen, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Amen. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Why? God, you're rebuking me. God, you're rebuking me. Why? Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Why? Verse 6. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He disciplines his children. When you go to Walmart or you're at the Opryland, not Opryland, Dollywood, or, and you see somebody over there and their kid is acting terrible. Do you go over and grab that kid and discipline that kid? No, because you hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my wife wants to. She's like, let me get them. And I'm like, no, honey, leave him alone. That poor mama, she's wore out. <laughs> I say, no, Lisa, leave him. That's not our child. That's not our child, right? It's not our child. It's not our child. Okay, we discipline our children. We chasten our children. We tell our children, no, you can't have that. No, you're eating too much sugar. Now our kids sometimes can't explain that. I want to eat ice cream all the time. You say no. I love you. It's not good for you. So when a parent is chastening children, training and, and disciplining children, it's because we love them. And we want them to be healthy. We want them to be strong. We want them to know how to exist in this world. So we say, learn. Do your lessons. Do your homework, right? Well, God scourges every son whom he receives. It says, verse 7. If you endure chastening, hallelujah, you can shout, hallelujah, God deals with you as sons. Or you could put, you daughters, as children of God. You're his children. So he deals with you as his children. For what son is there whom his father doesn't chasten? But if you are, now listen to verse 8, if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Okay, I know I'm going over a little, okay. but this is last daybreak for a couple of weeks. Just you know. Right. You're illegitimate, not sons. Here's what he's saying. If God is not chastening you to bring out holiness in you, you don't need to be happy about that. God is just not dealing with you because you're not his. Because if you're his, he's going to deal with you. Somebody needs to hear this. I need to hear this for sure. We've had human fathers that correct us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit. Here's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Sometimes dad might chasten his children because the children's embarrassing dad. In other words, he's chastening the children for his sake. But God never does that. God never chastens us for his sake. God always chastens us for our sake. But he, for our profit, why? That we may be partakers of his holiness. That's why God chastens us. Now, no chastening, no discipline, no whooping, 
however you want to put it out, seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, after, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. If we listen to the chastening, it's going to bear fruit in our life. And God's going to say, oh, you want to touch that? Okay, go touch that. Let's see how you do. To where you finally go, oh, God, please. And God says, okay, but now listen, I'm, I'm teaching you. You don't need to touch that. You need to leave that alone because God chastens us for our benefit so that fruit will come out and we will partake in his holiness. So we say, thank you, Lord, for your chastening. Thank you, Lord, for your discipline. Thank you, God. Because when you chasten us, we know we belong to you. You're our father. Amen. If anybody out there feels like you never have received any discipline from the Lord, you might want to check that because God doesn't chasten those that don't belong to him. He just leaves them to their own. He lets them go. Well, I hope this has said something to you. That is uh, ending uh, chapter 20. And so whenever we come back to Proverbs, we'll start with chapter 21. May God bless you as you serve him. May you be filled with his joy, be filled with his peace and his love. If you live around here close, won't you come out and be with us in revival tonight and tomorrow night, two more nights. That's it. First Baptist Church, Carthage, Tennessee. I think you'll have a good time. I think you'll enjoy it. I think the Lord will say something to you. All right, let's uh, say the Lord's Prayer. We'll get off here. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and amen all right, love you, saints. Lord willing, we will see you soon right here on this channel. It'll be on That's Scott and Lisa. Just typed. Huh? That's what I just typed. We'll see you soon. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> and just so you know, Scott, it was pretty much, Larry, you were so outvoted. What'd you Everybody say? Larry says no, leave it alone. <laughs> Who, Larry said? Larry said yes. Yes? Yeah, but everybody else said no, don't do it. <laughs> All right, love you. Thank you for responding. We'll see you soon. Love you guys. Bye.